I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwein, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwein, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the One Woman Book Club podcast. I'm your host, Grace, and this is the podcast where we talk about my current reads, book and author-related news, and discuss a quarter of our monthly book club pick, which this month is Just the Nicest Couple by Mary Gubica. We'll get into the book club discussion in the second half of the episode. Just use the timestamps in the podcast description to see where that will begin. Just a reminder, you should be up to page 230 in the hardcover edition of Just the Nicest Couple, or up to chapter 28. Many of you have been messaging me and responding to polls this week that you're already done with the book, which is incredible. But as I've mentioned, I'm trying to stay up to date with the podcast recording so I don't give anything away as I'm recording in case some of you are behind. Just something to keep in mind. I hope you're all having an incredible week. This week, once again, just flew by for me, and it feels so strange that I'm already recording another episode, and that might seem like deja vu. I know I said the exact same thing last week when I was recording, but I think it's just something I'm going to have to get used to and not say in every episode, but it's just a thing that I'm dealing with. Last weekend was busy for me. I had a Valentine's Day wine night with my friends. I went out to breakfast with my dad and my boyfriend and his girlfriend, my dad's girlfriend. Um, And then I had a birthday party for my boyfriend Noah's cousin's daughter. Um, And then it was Super Bowl Sunday. So just a busy weekend. And I do record these on a Friday. So I'm always thinking back on my weekends, looking ahead to this weekend. This weekend, I don't have any solid concrete plans for the first time in a few weeks. 
which is genuinely just amazing. Like the whole weekend is mine. And I have Monday off for President's Day, which is amazing. But looking back a little bit to last week, I was mostly just working. Um, If you didn't know, and I don't know if I've ever actually mentioned what I do for my full time job on my Instagram or really on my pod, definitely not on my podcast, but I'm not sure about Instagram. Um, But I'm a content manager for a communications company. And I specifically work for our finance website. It's definitely a lot of fun. Um, I get to help curate content for the two events we have every year. In the spring, we get to go to Orlando for our event at Disney World, which is so exciting. It's at the Yacht and Beach Club. And then in the fall, we're going to Las Vegas. So just really, really fun. And I'm enjoying it. I started at the company in August, and it feels like I just started, but time is flying because it's literally halfway through February, which is crazy, but I am enjoying it. I don't know a lot about the finance world, but for some reason, I keep finding myself in these content roles for like tech and finance companies. That's what I did before this job too, but it's fine. Like I wish I knew how to better do my own personal finances, but that's okay because you learn along the way, right? Back to some book-related news. In our book club news for the One Woman Book Club, we have picked our March read. This was a crazy month because it was such, genuinely such a close call between the four books I chose. Um, And just to catch you guys up in case you missed it last week or on my Instagram, the four books I picked for you guys to choose from were Georgie All Along, Lease on Love, River Sing Me Home, and All the Dangerous Things. So even though I've been talking a lot on these episodes about how it's going to be really weird for me to read and dissect a book that isn't a thriller, I just didn't think the thriller was going to win because that's what we just read for February. And it was neck and neck between Georgie All Along and River Sing Me Home all the way through the night on Friday. So I was pretty sure it was going to be one of those two, honestly. And I was having some of my friends vote as we were at that Galentine's Day event. But then I woke up on Saturday morning and like all of a sudden, I don't know what happened overnight, but All the Dangerous Things was pulling ahead and it ended up winning. So that was really crazy. I'm still very excited about it. So in March, we will be reading another thriller, All the Dangerous Things by Stacey Willingham. It's a little bit not disappointing, and I hope you're not disappointed by it, but it was just crazy. Like 30% of you voted for Georgie all along, 30% of you voted for Reversing Me Home, and then like 36% of you voted for All the Dangerous Things, and then their Lisa on Love came in last, which is totally fine. But it's just like, I know a lot of you really liked a lot of the different picks this month, so I hope you're all okay with that. Personally, I'm really excited about it because I really enjoyed her other book last year, A Flicker in the Dark. And like I mentioned, I think last week, that was nominated for the book of the year by book of the month. So that's pretty exciting. She's a really great author. And I've been hearing really great things about this one too. So I am really excited. It currently has a 4.23 on Goodreads out of 31,000 reviews, which personally, I also think is really great for a thriller. Thrillers can really be hit or a miss. And I honestly find it hard to see or rare to see a thriller that gets over a four on Goodreads, um, especially with that many votes. So that's really exciting. I posted the reading schedule on my stories on Instagram at my Instagram Grace's Reading Nook. But in case you missed it, I'll be talking about that here now too. Um, If you do want it written down for you as well, I have that schedule saved as a highlight in my podcast highlight on my page. So just tap through those until you get to the March reading schedule. um, And then it's all outlined there too, in case you don't have a pen and paper or don't want to write it all down yourself. So the first episode for March will be live on March 6th. 
So that gives you two weeks from today to get your hands on a copy of the March read and read up to chapter 14. I feel like in general, two weeks should be enough time, but let me know if you'd like more time. We can adjust the schedule a little bit. I also did post that this book won over a week ago. So that would give you guys a little more time in case you're planning on, you know, picking up the book and reading it in case you live, you know, not too close to a bookstore or anything like that. And also I did do a poll this week asking if you all are planning on reading along with us in the book club for March and 82% of you said you were. So that's really exciting. So just to reiterate for that first episode, read up to chapter 14 for the March 6th episode. Um, side note, super happy this book has chapters. That's going to make it so much easier for everyone listening or reading on something that's not the hardcover book of the month edition, which is what I'm reading on. Just so much easier. So that's great. Episode two for March will be live on March 13th. And for that episode, read up to chapter 31. Episode three for March will be live on March 20th. And for that episode, read up to chapter 47. And the final episode for March will be up on March 27th. And for that episode, you'll want to finish the book. So that's about 80 pages or so per chunk, which uh, based on my book of the month hardcover edition that I have. So I hope that's doable for everyone. Um, the book itself is about 320 pages or so again in that edition. So if you haven't heard anything about this book and are still on the fence on if you'll be reading or not, I'm going to read the Goodreads synopsis for you here so you can make your decision. I know definitely from Bookstagram and just in my personal life, some people don't like to hear the synopsis for books, especially thrillers. So if you do fall into that category, just skip ahead about a minute or so, and then I should be done. One year ago, Isabel Drake's life changed forever. Her toddler son, Mason, was taken out of his crib in the middle of the night while she and her husband were asleep in the next room. With little evidence and few leads for the police to chase, the case quickly went cold. However, Isabel cannot rest until Mason is returned to her, literally. Except for the occasional catnap or small blackout where she loses track of time, she hasn't slept in a year. Isabel's entire existence now revolves around finding him, but she knows she can't go on this way forever. In hopes of jarring loose a new witness or a buried clue, she agrees to be interviewed by a true crime podcaster, but his interest in Isabel's past makes her nervous. His incessant questioning paired with her severe insomnia has brought up uncomfortable memories from her own childhood, making Isabel start to doubt her recollection of the night of Mason's disappearance, as well as second guessed who she can trust, including herself." but she's determined to figure out the truth no matter where it leads. Synopsis is over. <laughs> so to me, that sounds really good and really intriguing. Love the idea that a podcaster is going to be mentioned in this book as we're reading it for a podcast. So I hope it also intrigues you. Um, I know that some of my bookstagram friends have already read it and really enjoyed it too. So I'm excited and I really trust their opinion. So that's great. With that being said, this is going to be two thrillers in a row now. So I have decided I won't be including a thriller option in the books I choose for April. I want to be completely fair and have a genre for everyone and make sure that I include genres that are everyone's favorite. I had a few friends say they were happy about the thriller choices because it's not a genre they usually read. And I want the same for other friends too. So I just think it's fair in general not to include a thriller for April and choose something else. I hope that's okay with you guys. And that will go for any genre moving forward that is picked twice in a row. So it's just time to switch it up for April. But I am very excited about that one for March. Additionally, and other sort of like question news for you guys, 
<laughs> that question news is a thing, but whatever. Um, I had a comment this week that I wanted to get your opinions on. So I had a big supporter of the podcast. She's always messaging me talking about things I chat about within the podcast. So thank you so much. Um, she reached out this week and asked my thoughts on having one episode per book. And it got me to thinking a little bit. So I want to put on an episode every week because I'm really enjoying it. And I think you guys are too, based on the feedback I'm getting. And I know that putting out consistent episodes is a great way to, you know, grow a podcast. But with that being said, I just don't think it's possible for everyone to read one book a week, which then makes me wonder if I should be doing two books a month instead, and one episode every two weeks, or, you know, two books a month, and then just every week we discuss half of the book instead of a quarter. Because of all that, I understand, you know, where she's coming from, because I know a lot of you actually have already finished the book. And then on the other hand, some of you haven't even gotten the book yet. So you're still playing catch up. And if you're not reading along with the podcast, you'll be listening to up to four in a row just to get the content you want to about the book, which I know is a lot of content to listen to. Personally, I've been liking the way I've been doing it, but I'm totally, totally open to whatever works best for everyone. Um, if you think it would be better to read two books a month, one every two weeks and have two episodes per book so I could still do one a week, we'd just be reading half the book per week and per episode, let me know. I genuinely want to hear your thoughts on this. Please send me a message. Um, I really want to know what you're thinking. And I think I actually also might do a poll about that this week. And that's something we could maybe switch up for April or um, May. And one last thing in book club news, in case you missed it last week or on my Instagram, I am so excited. I can't even begin to tell you that we're having Mary Kubica on the episode next week to discuss Just the Nicest Couple. Like I said last week, I'm literally just so grateful to you guys for listening and to Mary Kubica for supporting me in this. And it genuinely is just so huge that the author of our first book club pick will be on the episode. So I put out a few open polls this week for you guys to be able to submit your questions you want to talk to Mary about. And thank you so much to everyone who has responded. I've definitely had quite a few. I'm going to have her on for about a 30 minute or so interview. And I'm hoping to ask her questions about her writing process herself. And definitely, of course, about just the nicest couple. So if you missed any of those prompts on my page, please just send me a DM. I'm totally open to them, want them. And like I said before, I genuinely look at all the DMs I get and love to receive them. And I'm going to be compiling them all in one place and just have a plethora of things to talk to her about. So I'm very excited. And that episode will be out a week from today on Monday, February 27th. And next, I want to talk briefly about my current reads. Um, not too much to report here. We're having a bit of a slow reading month like I talked about last week, but that is okay because I'm enjoying my books. I mean, am I though? I actually haven't really loved the two books I finished this month, which is kind of disappointing. But talking about that, I finished up Memphis by Tara M. Stringfellow, and I gave it around a three and a half. Um, it wasn't my favorite. It didn't really stick out to me. I'm thinking of that Dance Moms um, sound on TikTok. You don't really stick out to me. I don't know why, but that's how I feel about this. Um, I was expecting to enjoy it a bit more, as I know a lot of people said it was one of their favorites, but it just wasn't for me. Um, my favorite part of the book was the absolutely beautiful descriptive imagery and writing Tara M. Stringfellow used to describe the city of Memphis and all the beautiful women women living in it. There are some extremely heartbreaking and horrific things that happen in the book. So definitely, and please look up the trigger warnings before reading. 
but I personally felt like a true plot was missing in moving the story along. The heart of the story was totally all of the wonderful, beautiful characters, and I'm a huge fan of a multi-generational family saga, and this was that. The generations of these beautiful, strong women in the North family were wonderful to learn and read about, but I was just left wanting a little bit more. I felt like I was left like not knowing enough about the characters, and it was a pretty short book, um, which is understandable. Like I would have preferred it to be a little bit longer if I got to learn more. And I just felt like I never really got to know them, despite it being a really character-heavy and character-driven novel. Also, another thing, it jumped timelines a lot, and that was pretty strange in my opinion. It would go from like 2003 to 2001 to 1995, and not much had changed in the story. So you had to remember what era of life these women were living in like really quickly. And I found myself getting really confused at the beginning of most chapters and kind of having to like reset my brain and be like, okay, what is going on in her life at this moment? I would say regardless of all those flaws, it was a really beautiful book. And it did feel really honest, raw and really real, honestly. I thought that it would work really well as a movie where we get to actually see the women and understand them more fully. My favorite thing, there were some really glorious, like beautiful sisterly bonds in the book that I loved. And honestly, the city of Memphis was a character of its own. And it just made me want to travel there or to the south in general. So middle of the road, I would recommend it. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say like who I would recommend it to. If you like a character driven piece, I think it's a great, great read. I would check it out. If, if it does sound interesting to you, check it out. But it wasn't my favorite. And I think there are better there are books that maybe do something like that better. And I am currently reading Georgie All Along by Kate Claiborne. And I am really enjoying it, you guys. It's exactly what I thought it was going to be. It's lighthearted, fun, easy. It's a romance. And the writing is super fun so far. Um, I'm really liking all the characters. And happily, I'm finding it really easy to relate to Georgie as a character so far. Um, so where I'm at right now, she recently lost her job. She goes back to her hometown to help her best friend. She's preparing to have a baby. And then when they're together, kind of like unpacking in her new home, in the friend's new home, Georgie finds an old journal from when they were teenagers. And in it is a bucket list of sorts of things she want, wanted to accomplish before high school ended. But she never did the vast majority of them. So she's finding herself in this crossroads in her life because she wants to connect more to who she was before she started like living for others in her like her bosses and her job. It's really beautiful. And I'm personally really relating to it because making bucket lists and journals was something I did a lot in high school. And it is genuinely making me want to go to my dad's basement and like get all of my old memory trunks out and connect more with my younger self and who I wanted to be when I was younger and in high school. So just a really cool concept. And it's just really super fun so far. So really enjoying it. And are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores. And it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. 
That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. That's really all I have so far this week for news and current reads and just catching up and all of that. So I am ready to deep dive into the section we just read for Just the Nicest Couple this week. As a reminder, we read up to page 230, so if you don't want spoilers, don't listen if you're not caught up, or if you don't care and you're just along for the ride, great, it's nice to have you. As always, I'll start with my own personal thoughts and notes chapter by chapter, and then I'll get into the poll questions I asked you all this week so we can discuss your thoughts. So starting out with chapter 17. I thought there were a lot of clues in this chapter. So first, Christian is woken up by some sort of a beeping sound in the middle of the night outside his bathroom window, which is cracked open a bit, something that they never do. He goes outside to investigate but finds nothing except his neighbor's sensor lights are on, which is definitely odd. So someone has clearly gone through the yard area. In the morning, he starts questioning Lily about how odd he thought it was that both her and Jake were at the forest preserve at the same time. And Lily is extremely defensive, in my opinion. And she says things like, it's just a coincidence. People go there all the time. Like, it's not weird. Like, just a coincidence. So this makes me think even more that Jake and Lily met up there more often than she's saying, or at the very least, that they met up there for a day for a very specific purpose. We also see Christian thinking about that he used to follow Lily on his bike when she went on long runs. Does Lily even know that? Did he follow her the day of her walk and see what happened to Jake and had to kill him for her? Also, I don't know who was outside the house with a beeping device. I I don't know if that's like nothing, but could it be Nina's mom with some sort of an ankle monitor? (laughs) I don't know why that popped into my head there, but it did. But overall, I thought it was a really good chapter and I felt like we were really getting somewhere. Chapter 18 was another crazy chapter. Nina finds a tracking device underneath her car. Who the hell put a tracking device underneath her car? I also thought, like, did that have something to do with the beeping Christian heard the night before? Was Nina outside or in their house? Does Nina's mom have a reason to be tracking her? Did Jake? Very weird. Um, Ryan saw her find the tracking device and comforted her about it. At this point, I don't think Ryan had anything to do with it. And I'm growing more into the idea that he's not involved in this murder or scheme of any kind at all, though I could be wrong. Then when Nina and her mom get back from the mom's appointment, their front door is or Nina's front door is slightly open. And there's a big footprint by the door. 
Also, there's a crash upstairs and a bottle of perfume has fallen off the shelf. Side note, truly, Mary Kubica really knows how to keep someone on their toes because for the last like half of this book, I have been totally enthralled and unable to put the book down with all these twists and like tension. It's just so good. So anyway, the footprint, she said, is a man's. Is it Jake's? Are Jake and Nina's mom having an affair? Did Christian go back into Nina's house to look for stuff? Did he put the tracker under her car? I am just having so many questions rolling through my head at this point. And also we learned that Nina called the police and told them to cancel the missing persons request and that Jake actually just left her because she thinks that Jake was in the house based on um, what Nina's mom said. And she also did tell Ryan that piece of info, which is interesting. Chapter 19, we quickly find out that Christian was the one in Nina's house who left the footprint. He was returning Jake's key in case Nina went looking for it or was just in that little, you know, mailbox for any reason. So that explains the footprint, obviously, but not the perfume. My cat knocks stuff over all the time. So I feel like it easily could have just been the cat and it's a red herring. But you know, you could still think that's kind of weird. Then Christian decides to go to Langley Woods to try to get any more evidence that Jake is really dead or just anything like just to explore a little bit. And then he makes marks in the trees like with a little knife or something or a pen. I'm not sure I remember what he used um, just so he doesn't get lost on his way back. But he also noticed as he was doing that in the exact trees that someone else had made similar marks in the trees with white paint. Really interesting was that Lily and Jake to find special meeting spots and paths together or is someone else going back to the woods and trying to find Jake's body and like leaving different marks for themselves? Also, why was Christian going to hide from Lily that he went to Langley Woods in the first place? I feel like they still need to be in on it together. Like, personally, I would be happy to know that there was no evidence out there still. Um, that's just a personal opinion. And then Christian runs into Ryan in the woods walking his dog, Serena, um, except Christian can't place Ryan's name and Ryan doesn't really seem to recognize him at all. Personally, again, Ryan is almost like coming up too much at this point to be the killer, in my opinion. It's just not like subtle anymore. Um, could still be totally wrong, though. In chapter 20, Nina gets a video from a neighbor showing Christian going into her house, but the video isn't good enough quality to see that it's actually Christian. Again, Jesus. But um, she feels clearly incredibly violated and, you know, rightfully so. And now she realizes that Jake was never actually in the home and that he's still missing. She tells her mom everything. And her mom says, I'm so sorry. I told you it was Jake. Almost like she knew it was never Jake and just told her that. She didn't say, I'm sorry. I thought it was Jake. Like, just, oh my God, like I didn't even realize, just I'm sorry I told you that. Like, I'm sorry I lied. So super weird. And in general, Nina's mom like doesn't seem concerned at all. Now Nina thinks she had some sort of a stalker and she honestly might, it seems like, with the flowers getting sent to her. So she goes to the police and tells them everything and gives them the video and they're going to enhance it. So she'll be able to tell it's Christian finally. Okay, chapter 21. A police officer shows up to Lily and Christian's house. Obviously, immediately, we think it's because the video has shown Christian's face or they found some other sort of evidence. But what it seems like is they're just checking in with anyone who knew Nina and Jake to see if they have any more information. But I found this kind of weird because why would they check in with them if they weren't even that close of friends? 
like they've said multiple times that they were more just like acquaintances and they only hang out hung out a few times unless they're just saying that they were actually best friends I don't know it just seems sort of weird to me unless Nina instructed the police specifically to go to their house and again we get Lily being a fantastic liar she really turned on the charm for the cops and somehow placed the blame supposedly on Nina is Lily that good of a liar about everything in her life? Is she really even pregnant, I thought, at this point? Then we have chapter 22. The cops tell Nina that because of the original quality of the video, they won't ever be able to tell who the man is. It's so annoying. And because she's waited too long since the break-in, given the garage code to too many people, and many people are in and out of her home often, they most likely won't be able to get fingerprints and help her at all. Christian narrowly escapes his fate again. This guy literally has nine lives, I swear. She told the cop about her mom's macular degeneration, and that keeps coming up more and more. And again, I'm really starting to think I was right. I put my hunch with Nina's mom, knowing more than she's saying. Nina also says she won't feel safe until she has all the security in her home she needs, and until it's just her and her mom locked in the house. Really, Nina? Okay, like now it's getting like, okay, it's totally Nina's mom. Like, I just need my mom and I safe in the house. Like, no, she definitely has something, something creepy is going on. Also, Jake's gun is missing. And personally, I can't remember if Christian saw that when he was in the office, but I don't think so. Did Jake bring the gun the day he went to meet Lily? And for what purpose? Was he going there to kill her or someone or to protect himself? Just something to think about. Chapter 23, um, this is the chapter we find out, again, Lily is definitely pregnant. They're at the doctor's office, despite not really hearing about her pregnancy much in all the stress that has gone on in their lives the past couple weeks. But the big news is a short chapter, but a body has been found at Langley Woods. Chapter 24, um, we have Officer Boone calling Nina in to ask her some questions, seemingly about what Lily and Christian told him about Nina and Jake having some marital strife. He also says he got that info from more than one person. So who else has he been talking to? Potentially her mom? Just wondering. Officer Boone also seems to have some sort of information about Jake having an affair. Like it seems like confirmed in his mind. Was he having an affair with Lily or with Nina's mom? I'm really, again, just growing more and more weary of Nina's mom. She's Nina is way too trusting of her and her illness. And just another note, Nina didn't want her alone in the house because of the break-in. So she dropped her back off at the mom's ranch home that day. Because remember, Nina's mom has been staying with Nina. Um, so just something to note. In chapter 25, we don't hear too much more about the body, except that Christian and Lily are extremely on edge, and for good reason. Lily's car battery is dead um, as she tries to leave school that day, so Christian goes to help her with a jump start. When he gets there, Lily is inside the school just waiting for him because it's cold out, and Nina sees him outside and comes out to talk to him, and she confronts him that his car looks like the car from the ring doorbell footage. So, Yay. Nina is finally catching on to Christian and what he's been up to. She doesn't outright blame him, but she's finally suspecting him, which is exciting. Then in chapter 26, Nina compares the picture of Christian's car to the screenshot of the video, and she's getting more and more convinced it was him in her house, but she's not sure why he'd be involved there. And when she asks her mom if that was the man that she saw in the house, she says that it was. Yes, that it definitely was Christian, even though she, how would she know that for sure? 
And then the mom suggests that they stay at her ranch house for the night so no one will know where they are. Oh, I just feel like that's a bad idea. I get a bad vibe, but I feel like things are really going to pick up with Nina's mom from here on out. Did Jake make Nina's mom go nearly blind so she could have affair so he could have affairs with women? Is this some sort of a rock, paper, scissors situation by Alice Feeney, um, where the main character can't recognize faces? Also, a huge thing, if a body was found in the woods, why isn't Nina being alerted to that? Is it because it's not Jake's? Very weird. I feel like if a male body was found in the woods, the police would be calling Nina like immediately since she has a missing persons report out. But she doesn't necessarily know that Jake was in the woods that day. Like nothing is placing Jake to the woods. So that's another note. And so that's where we stopped for this episode. Overall, it was a really good chunk. Maybe my favorite. It has been, I've been dying to read more. So again, as soon as this episode is done being recorded, I am going and reading the rest of this book. So Christian is finally getting some heat for what's been going on. We heard very little from Lily, except for her outstanding lies to the police and her defensive tone about being in the woods with Jake. Ryan made a couple of brief, somewhat spooky appearances, but he is going down on my list of suspects for sure now. And Nina's mom, like I've said a ton of times, like, what is her real name? I, I hate that I have to keep saying Nina's mom, Nina's mom. Like, what the fuck is her name? Like, why has that not been said? Kind of weird. Um... She's going rapidly up on my list of suspects. She's the perfect character to blame at this point. Also, going back to those flowers, I love to see you smile. Was that what the card said? I feel like it was something like that, just thinking. And is that a play on her blindness if it was sent by Nina's mom? So I am just dying to read more. Truly going to finish this book like the second I'm done here. So is the body Jake's? Will Lily get caught? Did Lily even kill him? So, so many questions. Now I asked you a few poll questions on Wednesday of last week, and I want to get to your answers. First, I asked where everyone was at in the book because I was genuinely curious. 12% of you said you were caught up to page 230 for today's episode. 18% of you said you were a bit behind. 58% of you said you finished the book and 12% of you said you're not reading this one. So that really just makes me go back to wondering if I should be doing two books a month instead of one, if over half of you have already finished. Like, you're gonna be listening to this episode and being like, oh, she's still speculating. <laughs> I'm like, I just want to finish it. So I'm gonna do a poll this week about that. But let me know. Definitely send me a DM. Um, just want to know what you guys think. Then I was getting way more suspicious of Nina's mom. And I asked you guys if you thought she was hiding something. And 100% of you said yes. Love to hear that. Love to know I'm not alone in it. And one of you also said here she is suspicious, especially how she stares right into Nina's eyes. She did something. And I couldn't agree more. Her mom is super creepy and the perfect side character, in my opinion, to have done something bad like this, whatever that is. Then I asked who you thought put the tracker underneath Nina's car. 52% of you said Jake, 30% said Nina's mom, 4% said Christian, and no one thought it was Lily. Is it possible Jake and Nina's mom were working together because they were having an affair? But then I don't get the connection between Jake, Nina, and Lily killing him. So that's kind of odd. Then I thought, did Lily find out about the affair with Nina's mom first and feel like she had to kill him? I, guys, I'm, I, I genuinely just need to finish it because I feel like I'm getting to the point where I'm overanalyzing it and missing the big twist right in front of my face. And all of you are like, just re stop thinking too much. I don't know. 
Then I asked who you thought was outside Christian and Lily's house when he heard someone outside. 44% of you said Nina, 22% of you said Jake, 11% of you said Nina's mom, and 22% of you said Ryan or the student teacher. Then one of you also said that you didn't think it was anyone, just the kids on the trail they hear sometimes. And I was thinking more and more about it. And I also think this somewhat, this may be somewhat of a red herring. I don't see any of them like really sneaking around Lily and Christian's house for any reason at this point. So we'll just have to wait and see if that even gets answered. Then I asked if you think Jake and Lily were having an affair. 81% of you said yes. 19% of you said no. Now, after recording this episode, honestly, I'm wondering if it's more likely that Nina's mom and Jake were having the affair. Oh, wait. Wait, okay. I'm I'm feeling like I'm having a revelation again. Okay. Were Jake and Lily having an affair and Nina's mom saw them in the woods because she's not actually blind? Now that that could be good. That could be something. And then Lily ran away because she saw Nina's mom, but then she saw Nina's mom kill Jake because she knew he was having the affair. That's good. I feel like that's a definite good potential plot point. And now Lily's covering up for her because she doesn't want her husband to know she was actually having an affair. But then like killing the guy isn't a great excuse. And I would personally rather be caught having an affair than murdering a man. But I feel like that's very plausible. And Nina's mom has to like cover up for herself because she killed her daughter's husband. I just I don't know if it's realistic for Nina's mom and Jake to be having an affair. I feel like Lily and Jake were having the affair and Nina's mom killed Jake because of it. Like she followed him into the woods and then but then it, I don't know. Does that make sense? I don't know. Ah, there's so much to think about. Um, but that's all I did for the poll questions. I did have a couple of open ended polls this week, but a few of you answered and I feel like they may spoil a couple of things moving forward because they were from people who have finished the book. So I'll just save those until the final episode. I am so excited about next week's final episode. I'll be keeping my discussion at the beginning of the episode very brief. Then I'll be having my friend Noelle come on and chat with me about the book because she read it with me and she's already done. So I've just been dying to talk to her about it. And I think I'm seeing her tonight. So I need to finish it before then so we can already like talk about what we're going to talk about. And then of course, we'll have our discussion with Mary Kubica. Like I mentioned, please message me on Instagram any questions you'd like to ask Mary during our discussion. And of course, I'll be putting up poll questions this week about our final chunk of the book and more polls about questions to ask Mary. And this is a shorter episode, but this is all I have for today. Thank you all so, so much for listening. And of course, be sure to follow me on Instagram at Grace's Reading Nook to be kept up to date with all things podcast and book related news. Again, thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you next week in our final episode for February, a very exciting episode. Talk to you then. Bye. Hi, it's Jennifer, a founder of the Go Kid Go Network. Do your kids love wacky worlds, superheroes, and inventing? Of course they do. That's why our shows Bobby Wonder and Lucy Wow are set in Pflugerville, the nonstop fun and adventure universe where imagination, creativity, STEM, and positive role models abound. Join the Pflugerville fun by searching for Bobby Wonder and Lucy Wow on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.